Hi, I'm Eldad. I'm the Chief Marketing Officer at SynthMinds. Uh, we're a full-service AI agency. Uh, we do integration, solutions, and training. And I'm here with uh, Joseph. Hey, everyone. I'm Joseph. I'm the Chief Learning Officer at SynthMinds. And this is our inaugural episode of Voices in AI. As part of what we want to do as a company is to help educate folks on what the conversation's like in artificial intelligence is right now and who you might want to be listening to. There's a lot of noise out there and we're going to try to help cut through it. So we'll have our own opinions, obviously, but we're going to try to present all views, angles and voices on the conversation that's happening. And we're going to start today with one of my favorite people who isn't necessarily pushing the technology forward, but is pushing the conversations forward, which is Lex Fridman and particularly the Lex Fridman podcast. So for those of you who haven't listened to it before, you might want to set aside some time. He is very different from most <laughs> podcasters out He's there. Some whereas long and informative <laughs> yeah. episodes, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So whereas we're trying to keep this to 15 minutes, quick hit, we're talking two to four hours. He's having conversations with people. So it can definitely be a little bit difficult to sit down and spend that time. But if you have a long uh, commute or you're doing something, he's an amazing person to listen to. He talks to some really interesting people. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about his history and where he's coming from to engage in this conversation. Yeah, so, his history is pretty unique because he has a background, obviously, in the technology. But and but you wouldn't expect for somebody who's running two to four hour podcasts that that's his background. So I was intrigued when you first shared about him. Yeah, and Eldad and I are both Jews, and so here is a fellow Jew too in the space, and something I think we're going to see in a lot of these voices that there's a surprising number of Jewish people in here and a surprising number uh, of Jewish immigrants actually as well. So he is actually, he was born in Russia, which was technically a part of Russia. I can't even explain the name of it, but he has some science in the family. Both his father and brother are both physicists, plasma physicists apparently. And he moved to Chicago when he was younger. He got his bachelor's and master's in science from Drexel. And then he shuffled around a bit. He was at Google for a hot minute, but that wasn't a fit for him. So then he left to MIT where he's been, but within MIT, he's bounced around a few different labs in the artificial intelligence space, which is where his interests have primarily lied. And as you probably know, MIT is not only the, the center for all things academic and AI, they were actually more or less the reason AI research got started in, in the 50s. They held the 1956 Dartmouth workshop with a bunch of different people and then went on to, to found the AI lab there, which is still around today. So he's steeped in a lot of that history, but also there's at least according to Wikipedia, and probably him, he's a very humble person. He's not exactly full on in the research. He hasn't necessarily published anything that's been cited a million times by a, different, a lot of different people. He has very much become the more science translator and conversationalist rather than a, a contributor. And, and Lex, if you're listening to this, I hope you find that is accurate because you're so good at the communication. It would actually be... Uh, It'd be a shame to lose you to, to the academic world fully. 
Yeah, he, from what I saw, he's got some papers published in 2020 and so forth on autonomous vehicles and things of that nature, as well as some lectures that you can still get for free off of his website from what he's done at MIT. But I agree with you, he's a marvelous voice for translating the technical into more simple so that we can understand it, people like me. <laughs> yeah. And more and more critically, uh, because he has not just come out of MIT, but has the understanding of the AI, he's asking the more pertinent questions. It's like when somebody is really sharp in a you know, human EQ conversation, he can pick up on things and say, oh, wait a second, we need to dig into that a little deeper. And that, that might explain part of the reason some of the podcasts go for the depth that they do. Yeah, I think that's, even though they are so long, I when I listen to them, I listen to the whole thing because it's just such an interesting conversation. He's like a child at heart. He really is. He's just so curious about everything. And because he's talked to so many people, he's also very knowledgeable about a ton of different things. And his approach is very much like you said, the EQ, the emotional intelligence approach to things. He's never trying to go for that gotcha moment. He is genuinely like wondering and in awe of all this, these things and these people that he talks to. And to some extent, because he can go so long with people, he can break down a lot of those barriers with folks that they would typically put up where they'd have like their PR sort of mindset when they're talking about these things. It's like when you're talking to someone for two to three hours, there's only so many barriers you can keep up for so long before you feel the infectious nature of, of the curiosity and want to go down those rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you enjoyed most from what he's been speaking about? Not the people per se, because there's, I mean, that list is just phenomenal. And it's interesting to see some of the people that you just learned about, like who this Walter Isaacson, if I remember the surname. Yeah. The, bio, the biographer. Uh, the biographer, like the people he's writing about, good Lord, that's a list by itself. And Franklin, Da Vinci, and then more modern people as well. But it's a great podcast. I, I appreciate you introducing me to it because it, it covers such a broad spectrum of culture, society, politics. You got people that like Joe Rogan in there that may like, well, really? That'd be an interesting conversation. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the thing about what I appreciate most about Lex is he's just willing to have the conversation with everyone. We're in a period of time in our culture, right? Where it's cancel culture and it's really difficult to have controversial or radioactive conversations. Yeah. And it's almost, to be honest with you, when I first learned about Lex, I saw some of people I was talking to and even internally, I was like, I don't know, should I listen to him if he's willing to talk to Kanye West? when he's spouting all this anti-Semitic dribble. And eventually I came to it, like, I think the first one I listened to was Sam Altman's that he had because everything that was going down, I'm like, I really want to, I saw some of the shorter TikTok-y clips that were coming out. I'm like, I want to listen to this conversation. And it was just such a fabulous conversation and gave me the tone of what he was like. So I went down that rabbit hole of just listening to all the AI people. But then I noticed that he had some conversations with more controversial people I really dislike or disagree with. And yeah. so, but because of the way he approaches conversations, I was like, you know what? I actually do want to listen to his conversations with these people because he's going to come at it from a different approach from this cancel culture where you're looking for that gotcha moment, where you're looking to just bring someone down for their beliefs. 
And I listened to, for example, the Ben Shapiro one, who, if you don't know, he's this highly conservative talking head in the space who's also incredibly intelligent and witty and scathing. And so I really wanted to see what happens when this person who's like whip smart and is really good at logically putting people in loops on, on both sides meets with Lex Fridman, who's this curious child and just wants yeah. to understand better. And it was just a fabulous conversation where, okay, I can at least understand the side you're coming from and what you're feeling, even if I disagree so, with it. Having listened to a number of them, because you're obviously well ahead in, in, in knowing about them and, and, and going through the, the podcast, what stood out to you? It's right now, it sounds like the Lex Friedman love affair right now, which yeah. I can understand because they, they are fabulous. But for shaping what you're trying to do as a learning officer, your thoughts about AI, the ethics, the, the areas it can be applied in, which are limitless, we all know that. What are the sound bites there that you would want us to be taken away? Yeah, so the first three podcasts I listened to, which were highly informative for me, for Lex, was the Sam Altman one, the Max Tegmark one, and the Eliezer Yudkowsky one. And why I would recommend you, these... Sorry, Joseph. Can you share who the other individuals are? Because Sam Altman, we know. Eliezer. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'll get into it. Yeah, I'll explain who they are. Okay. And part of the reason why I wanted to listen to these three, which were like in quick succession, was because they fall on the spectrum of AI's impact in society at, at different points. So Sam Altman, obviously, he's, as we all know, very much on the let's go for artificial general intelligence. It's going to make the world a better place. There are these issues that are going to come up, but we can solve them. The next sort of on the line in the spectrum is Max Tegmark. Uh, he is also at MIT and was actually, I think, the first person for Lex to ever interview in the 300 some odd podcasts he's ever done. Oh, wow. He's a, an astrophysicist and AI researcher over at MIT. And he, I think he's from Sweden originally. And he takes more of the middle ground approach of, I am very scared of the downsides here, but let's think about them one by one and how we could potentially solve them. And then you have Eliezer Yudkowsky, who's all the way far over and the world is going to end next year area. And he is definitely the more, he runs a, an AI research institute. He has like literally written the book on rationality, but he is very much in the camp of the end of the world is nigh. AI is going to end us all. Everybody, let's just... Um, yeah, let's duck from the Terminator already. Right? Yeah, ex exactly. We've already gone past the point. It's like, why even try anymore? And, and he would probably disagree with uh, my take on that. And eventually we're going to talk in depth about all these people. But for me, I when I first listened to Lex, and because he is so good at like drawing that out, I wanted to get those different perspectives of AI and, and the impacts and what we have to face. And they were very informative to me in understanding what are the sort of buckets of conversations that are happening right now amongst the experts. That's cool. So those three are a good starting point for someone to understand the spectrum, the landscape of where the conversations are going. That's cool. Uh, and for what it shaped for your thoughts about AI in general? It's very important to listen to everybody and everyone who's talking because no one is right and no one is wrong at this point, right? We're just sort of in the beginning of this exponential curve with the introduction of all these generative AI applications like ChatGPT. 
And like what we're trying to solve with this podcast, there's a lot of different voices going around. It's difficult to understand who to listen to. And unfortunately, if you ever want to have a nuanced understanding of anything, you got to go deep into that topic. And because Lex goes deep in such an accessible way, it's just a lot easier for me then hopefully to take what I'm learning uh, across the board and communicate it to other people. But I think the most important thing to understand is that we don't know how all this is going to shape out, but we need to be centering safety and having these conversations in the open across the board. And I think we're seeing more of that than I would have expected. There's everyone apparently has an opinion on AI. And then I think the issue then it becomes who are the people who actually know how this technology works and, and have something worth saying and have made predictions before that have turned out to be correct that, that are easier to listen to. The other thing though... Interesting, you mentioned... Go ahead. Sorry, Joseph. You mentioned that everyone has an opinion on AI. Even my 12-year-old does. She won't touch it <laughs> right now. <laughs> and we keep telling her, it's going gonna, it's gonna to shape your reality. But she's uh, adamant that you know, she doesn't want to bring it into any of her studies. Or like a clever trick that I've seen a lot in AI and education is use the AI to be the quiz master, right? Basically, mm -hmm. give it the, the information and then generate questions that you have to prove that you understand the, the topic. Nope, won't do it. She won't do it. I'm That's curious, cool, right? what's uh, what's her, what's the feeling behind that? I haven't dug enough into it, but it just seems that she is a very independent young lady, wants to prove her own worth and value in the world. And I think that's it for her. She's, even though it's a tool, I think she sees it more as, I'll say wrongly, a crutch, right? She's, and maybe it's a younger generation, and which all kids are, right? About fairness and equality and things of that nature. Not everybody has access to it. That might come into it a bit as well. But I just think she's, we're fortunate. She does well academically. And I think she just wants to keep proving that she's going to do well academically on her own. Right. The independence feature that, you know, if we can all remember being 12 to, to 19, 20, right, that's <laughs> it's all about proving I can do it. And the, I think that's what resonates most strongly with her against it right now. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I'm sure that's true of a, a lot of youth right now. There's going to be and this is the thing maybe we can end on this is that I'm scared of is what I've noticed is that a lot of men are more likely to jump headfirst into this stuff and a lot of women yeah. are, are more likely to be hesitant. And as we're going to see in all these, what are the people we're going to be talking about mostly look like? It's all white men for the most part are in this field and bias is a huge concern. And my, my worry is that because by using these things, we train them. If it's more white people who are using it to cheat, <laughs> it's, that's going to train it to more likely do that. Than getting yes, more people yeah, to but, use it. But yes. I know you and I have spoken you know, a lot about how much we have to include women, diverse backgrounds, and we've got a, a pretty good list of very influential people in the space. It is more diverse than what people may think, but I agree with you. Right now, it does look like a very male-dominated visibility factor. Yeah. Well, I think that's good for our first episode. I appreciate you having the conversation, Dot. Anything else you want to leave us with or any final questions you have? No. Yeah, we'll, we'll drop the links to some of the favorite podcasts you mentioned, as well as the archive that Alex has. 
And I think that's that was a nice one for our first time trying this. Yeah, I guess actually I have one more thing to leave the listeners with, which we will also leave in the show notes. You sent me right before this LDOD uh, oh, a, yes. large language model, a large language model that is trained on all of Lex's conversation. So you can ask it a question and it'll answer based on those. So I asked Lex Fridman AI, how would you describe your opinion about AI in society? And his response was, AI's role in society is multifaceted and complex. From my discussions with experts like Joshua Bach, David Kipping, and Peter Norvig, I formed a few key perspectives. AI has the potential to reshape our understanding of agency and identity. The development of AI could also be correlated with self-destruction. And AI's role in the marketplace is another important aspect to consider. There's a little bit more than that he says for the listeners, but yeah, that, just that this is what we're going to start to see. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What that a, what... was a fun tool to play with. And you wish that more people at podcasts would uh, incorporate something like that. Cause, oh, they're coming. Don't worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Thanks, Joseph. Good to, Thanks, good to get together on this one. Yep. Have a good one.